The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leave Show, we are back. It's another interview Wednesday. Interview Wednesday. Interview Wednesday. I was going to say, I like we, that. do we like interview Wednesdays? Absolutely. Got a really, really, really good one today with Sam McKee from Sportsnet 59, the fan. It was awesome. Yeah. He's a beauty. Truly is one of us. Yeah. He truly is one of us. That's for sure. I heard he's pretty saucy with the sticks, too. Oh, yeah. 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 I heard he's a, he can we get out. should have asked him about that. Yeah. I know. I heard he can get out and uh, he's got a low handicap. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. He knows what he's doing. Um, so, anything you want to touch on with respect to the Maple Leafs' um, seven nothing win over the Anaheim Ducks? Uh, it's it's really just making me. It's molding me back into a huge fan of this hockey team, and just now I just want to rub in to all the negative people that this team's actually a good hockey team and people can come to me all they want and say, wait till the first round, but you cannot deny what this team is doing right now. They look unbelievable. When they dropped the puck in that game, there was no doubt that they were going to absolutely dummy one of the worst hockey teams I've ever seen. How much would you put on an (laughs) NHL jersey? Well, I was going to say, how much would you like handicap it? Like, would you say that was... 60 the Leafs are rolling 40 the Ducks are garbage or would you say the other way around or would you say 50 50 or because the Anaheim Ducks are bad they're really bad maybe 50 50 I thought the Leafs had a, had a weak first period but after that they absolutely dominated and they they just put a beating on a bad hockey team which I like to see they're, they're playing well man there's just no there's no denying it there's sent, no denying it you sent me a text during the game that said you're obsessed with Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, I think I'm going to run with that. I just, I don't, I uh, I like Matt Murray. I like the way that he's played, but I don't think Ilya Samsonov has played one bad game the entire year. He, he really hasn't. Every time he's taken the net, he's been fantastic. And he puts the belt on in the interview segment after the game. That belt is good. Edge gave them that belt. That's awesome. Did you know that? No, I did not know yeah. that. Edge gave them that belt. I love pro wrestlers who love Hawk. Well, we also we talk about the goaltending amongst many other things, and so let's just get to it. Let's quit wasting time and enjoy our interview with Sam McKee. Really excited about our next guest, Ryan. Really, really stoked. Joining us now from Sportsnet 590, the fans, Real Kipper and Born, and Leafs Talk, Mr. Sam McKee. Sam, welcome to Talking Buds, man. Gentlemen, yeah, you uh, you called the real star of the show here. It was we not sure Kipper. Did. It's not. It's not Borny. It's not no. JD Bunkus. You really you you got the fourth best option here. So congratulations to you boys. How are you? Good man. Well, we good. We, we actually wanted to. We actually targeted you because we okay. sort of fancy ourselves as like the we're we're Leafs Nation. We're sitting around mm-hmm. drinking beers with your buddies shooting the shit about the Leafs and Kipper mm. often refers to you as the pulse of Leafs nation on the show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're the like, perfect it, guy to have on. Yeah. I, you know, my, my Leafs fandom over the years has definitely, I would say evolved fellas as, as working in this industry. I mean, like I, 
I still love the Leafs and I'm still, um, you know, hardcore watch every game. It would be do it the same if I, if I worked at the fan or I didn't, but it's just, it's a, it's a relationship changer. As you get older, as you guys know, like you love the team, but you're not maybe crying. Like I was in my early twenties when they lost to Boston after they were up four one, like there's, <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit of a different relationship these days. So yeah, I, I love, I love, uh, having a pulse on leaf nation. All my buddies text me all the time about the Leafs, So I feel like I got a pretty good feel boys. Well, that's why you were our option. You said the fourth best option, but I was like, well, we actually got to have the guy who likes the team on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't let don't let Kip or Trip uh, trick you, bud. He loves the Leafs. He just, no, I, uh... I know he does. It shines through. It totally shines through. Um, so obviously, you know, we're in the middle of this like incredible run the team has mm-hmm. been on. Um, Ryan and I have kind of been thrown around like we think this is the best they've ever played in this era. And this, whether it's mm-hmm. the Dubis, Keith, Matthews, Marner era, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to throw you a softball to start. Let me have what it. has, what has you feeling the most optimistic? Is, is it the goaltending? Is it the commitment to team defense? Is hmm. it William Nylander? Is it, what is it? What good, stands out the most to you? It's a good question. I probably the fact that they're getting even capable NHL goaltending and not just capable. Now you look at Samsonov who's leading the league in both save percentage and goals against average. And I think, even in Dubas's wildest dreams, he probably wouldn't have pictured that happening. But I think like it's going to regress at some point with both of these guys. But if you look at what the goaltending the Leafs got last year, from this kind of this point on until the end of the season, it was really, really bad, fellas. We all know yep. like it was below 900 save percentage for most of the season. So even if they regress down to a 910 or a 915 heading into the first round of the playoffs, that gives me the most optimism. I think it's probably a pretty easy job to play goal for the Leafs right now. Like they're really not giving up a ton of high danger chances, maybe outside of that game they played in Dallas. That was a total fire drill. But I think probably the combination of having capable NHL goaltending and a good structure is what makes me most optimistic. Look, the top four is going to score. You guys know that these yeah. guys are carrying the team. That's the way it's built. It's always been kind of what can you get from the decor that's kind of been the the defining factor for this team. So yeah, I'd say I'd say the goaltending is probably my probably my most optimistic part of so, of the season so far. The the, the goaltending situations like hindsight is twenty twenty. Like it, it is mm. that going into the season, it was a big question mark. But after the way they've played, it's to me it's laughable that we were worried compared to last season. Like I, I just feel so much more comfortable with these two guys. I I didn't know what we were getting in Samson off here. Like I really had no idea what he was going to be bringing to the Leafs. I I, you know, every time I watched him play against Toronto, it seemed like he was pretty easy to score on. Like it wasn't necessarily that he was the scariest guy. So I'm just uh, getting on my email, boys, in case you guys heard that. I'm not sure if you did or not, but nope, uh, all good. There we go. Good good production by me. <laughs> good. Uh, I just I. I was kind of bullish on Matt Murray. I was one of the only ones. I, I, I'm i afraid to take full victory laps on this because I sent out a tweet when it happened that like I had a feeling that it might work out well. Just there was too much pedigree there in terms of him being a good starting goaltender in the NHL. But the Samsonov one has definitely surprised me. And I'm wary of him because of the hot starts he's gotten off to in Washington in years past. But yeah, like I said earlier, I, I really don't think even in Kyle Dubas's wildest dreams that it would have ever looked like this, boys. Like, it's just, it's really gone to another level. So it's pretty encouraging. It's an area when you watch every night, you f- I feel confident. The only time I feel For nervous sure. is when they anyone gets anywhere close to Matt Murray. Because I'm yeah. like, please don't get hurt, man. Please don't <laughs> yeah. get hurt again. Well, even honestly, even like, Sam Sonoff like, yeah. made that move and he was kind of moving gingerly after. And you're like so worried that these guys are just a band-aid. 
the the one last night even at the end or when they, they played against the ducks last night was it close to the end of the second period maybe and yes. like he stretched out weird and he kind of was and i even sent a tweet like oh here's that shalgren's music i was a little bit concerned but they never even really mentioned it and he was fine but um yeah i i would say that matt murray is a different kind of worry for sure like you mentioned earlier in the year when shalgren was a net you were worried that any puck that went towards the net was going in the net and then it's matt murray in there and you're worried that any shot that goes towards the net is going to pull his groin and he's going to be out for two months so i i really don't think we're out of the woods on that one yet i yeah. think we're probably going to have a stretch here where matt murray probably misses another couple of weeks number maybe maybe even a month who knows what's going to happen with him but I think they've solidified themselves enough that they're going to be in the in the playoffs, and you can just kind of hope that he stays healthy for when April gets here. Hundred um, percent. Ryan is with you on the goaltending. Like that's definitely mm-hmm. where he's at. I, I'm someone who, in the history of this pod, we were definitely on the um, "We'll drive William Nylander to the airport" section mm-hmm. of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan more so than me. I was always kind of like, he is what he is. We expect too much of him. He's just a goal scorer. Stop. Like the expectations for him are too high. But I think right out of the gate this year, as we like to joke about, this guy had a, had a spaz in the offseason, and he he looks like he's 10, 15 pounds bigger out there. He's he, he's a difference maker every single night, and it's mm-hmm. rare. There were so many times in previous years where I would be screaming at my television watching this guy, and this year it's just like, man, this guy shows up and he comes to play every single night, and I've just been blown away by him from the word go this year. Yeah, <laughs> Willie's the perfect sports talk radio player. He really, really is because he's split down the middle, right? Yeah. For most of his career, you have the whole faction of Leafs nation. That's going to defend him, And like, you can talk about the fancy stats with him. You can talk about the stuff that he does and his scoring ability and his skating ability. And then there's the other side of Leafs nation where it's like, well, could this guy play with an ounce of heart? Could this guy give me two straight weeks of hard play? And it's just like, there's always like this lightning rod. It was perfect sports talk radio fodder. We always joke about that, that anytime you want to get the lines lit up, just bring up Willie Nylander as a, as a, as a topic. Yeah. But honestly, I've always kind of been on the side of just, you know what he is and you understand what he is. And I always kind of compared him as forward Jake Gardner, right? Like you got to just accept the warts with what you have in terms of him being great in other parts of the game. But this year it's changed, fellas. This year, I there is no holes in his game. He is responsible defensively. He's bought in just as much as any of these forwards defensively. His offense has gone to another level here. He's on pace for another career year. He is really, really in a sweet spot. And I think a lot of it has to do with he's, quote unquote, the fourth guy in the pecking order, right? Like he has Matt Marner, who has now on this historic streak. Matthews is one of the greatest goal scorers in the history of the league already. Like he's on pace to be one of the best all time in terms of shooting the puck in the net. Tavares is the captain, that big contract. He can kind of just cruise fellas. He's under the radar a little bit. So he's having an awesome year. And I agree that this year has just gone to another level. Yeah. Um. So we mentioned off the top that like we wanted you on because Kipper calls you the pulse of Leafs nation. <laughs> and um, we, and they're on the, they're in the middle of this historic run or this mm-hmm. like amazing run. And, we had a fun with this on our last episode. We posted a video about it on our socials and we've just been getting crushed over it. And and, and oh, I wanted to get your it. take on it. Let's just say we know at some point in Jan or Feb, they're going to go into like a little run, right? Like, like it's not, they're not going to be lights out like this for the rest of the season. Are we allowed to spaz when that happens? Has this run 
let's just say they have a game like they had earlier this year or uh, many last year come to mind where like the effort's just not there. And it's one of those Mm -hmm. games where at the end of the night, you're like, what did I just watch? These guys didn't show up, whatever. Have, have they officially silenced that? Are we no longer allowed to like slam our fists down and be like, these guys didn't show up tonight. So what side of that were you guys on? Well, I, at the start of the year, uh, when it was bad, bad, I came on here and I was crying my face off. <laughs> oh yeah, like, of course. I was losing it, and I, I was thought they just, sucked, boys. Yeah, I thought they were the, I thought they were just bad. Yeah, like every, I wanted everyone fired. I was just over it, and and then it's just it's it's never as bad as you think it is. And they go on this run, and I'm just, and it's just kind of leveled out. It's like this is the team they are. Like they're they're one of the greatest regular season hockey teams in in this league. So, it, and I just, and then, so I'm now I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to overreact the next time they go into one of those funks. No, I think, listen, I think the playoff failures and not like even this year wasn't, it's hard to call what against Tampa failure, the Habs one really sticks yes. out. And that's one that'll always be in our craw. That's one that we'll always look back on and just never be able to recover from. But the lightning one was just paper thin close. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard to call that one a failure, but in the first rounds, they've never got out of the first round, and we've seen this story before. I think you are. That's what's that's what's great about being a fan, fellas. People, 100%. I see people taking victory laps, saying like, "I always believed." Oh, good for you, nerd! You enjoyed them sucking for a week or two weeks, so that like everyone could. They were awful at the start of the year. Yes. Who, yeah, who in their right mind thought? I never thought in a million years they were going to pull out of that. I said things that I shouldn't have said. Me and Bunkus went on after they lost to Anaheim. We're like, boy, you got to really start talking about Sheldon Keefe losing his job. Everyone had those conversations. It's not that it was a weird conversation to have. I think, of course, you can be upset if they go into a stretch here. The thing that I'm interested to see is their complacency factor. It kind of plays into that, right? Because they've had these times where they've let down and we talk about, oh, these are scheduled. Like, you know, they're playing a bad team on home ice after a road trip. They're going to lose. And they've really crossed a lot of those hurdles recently they've really not had those letdowns and i'll be interested to see if that continues throughout the year in terms of them playing against bad teams but of course you're allowed to be man you're your fans that's what it's what it's about if we yeah. didn't have that if we didn't have that my job wouldn't exist boys yeah 100 agree with you and i just yeah it's, it's more like obviously they're going to lose games here and there and they're not going to go on this like this level of su- sustained success but it's like mm-hmm. If they have another night where it's like it's they just don't show up, it's like are we allowed to be like? But they've stopped doing that, which yes, is crazy. That's because what I that mean. That was that was one of our whole biggest complaints forever, right? Yep. Was that they just even last year towards the end of the year they're taking these nights off and they're playing badly. They were doing it every night at the start of the year. And credit Sheldon Keith here, he's really really done a great job in terms of getting these guys ready. And, you know, we had a theory that with all these D injuries and all these injuries and them sort of having to rally around each other, it doesn't give them the ability to take the nights off. Right. And they've kind of gotten into that mindset, but I'm not sure what it is, but of course you're allowed to be mad. I, uh, I fully endorse if they go into a stretch, that's what being a fan's about boys. Love it. Totally. Couldn't agree more, man. Um, one of the things that we're talking about as we, as we move along here, and I've heard you guys yeah. talk about it too, is what do you look like? If they're going to add something, it's obviously, do you add a defenseman or do you add, another forward and I've been on the side of adding another forward. I think mm-hmm. the injuries to the defense and having uh, some of these guys step in, whether it be from the Marlies or just guys elevate their game has shown like, you know, they're deeper on defense than, than we thought they were. Mm-hmm. And I just, if you go and get a defenseman, what are you really getting? You're getting another depth guy, right? You're not getting 
are you really going to get a D-man that's going to move the needle? Whereas, like, I would rather sort of shoot your shot to try and get a guy who can fit in that. Now that Robertson's out, and I just, I've I've had enough. I know I know we got a couple of goals against the Ducks, but I've, I've had enough of them watching, try and squeeze Alex Kerfoot into that role. Mm-hmm. I would really, really like them to try and go and get someone who they can elevate into that second line left wing position. I, I'm with you on the forwards because to me, this decor over this stretch has shown me enough that I don't need to go out and add to it. Like, are you going to, I guess, who's the guy that you're going to add? Like you said, is it going to be, you know, I hear this guy from Columbus. I can't even pronounce his name. Is it Gary Anai or yeah, Gabrikov or who? Yeah, I like, yeah. I have no idea. Everyone's like, oh, maybe he'd be a good addict. Like, if you watch Columbus play, I, I, like, I'm good. I, I think the guys that they have here right now, without even Morgan Riley, and you can say what you will about not missing him a whole lot, I, I think that this decor and this organization has shown you that they're close to eight or nine guys deep that you can get, put a guy in there in a pinch, and they're going to be fine. To me, what they really, really need to address at the deadline like you said, is someone to play with those two guys, with Marner and Matthews, or Marnie and Marner and Tavares, or whatever it is, whatever line they end up going with into the playoffs. Those two guys are um, are just unbelievable together right now. Like the Mitch Marner playing with those two guys got to be the sweetest job in the league. Yep. And I don't really want to watch Malgin do it. Nope. <laughs> like, like you no, said, I don't really want to watch Kerfoot do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it needs to be a world beater. It just needs to be a guy that can go out there maybe win a puck battle, shoot the puck in the net and kind of contribute on that facet. So a that's second bunting. Yes. A second yeah. bunting. Yeah. Yeah. If they could maybe clone bunting, that'd be great. Go to Scarborough, yes. dig around, see if they can find another guy out there. And then to me, I like, they need to add some capable pugnacity in the bottom six, like a mm-hmm. guy that's just going to smoke you or a guy that's going to maybe pick a fight or a guy that's just going to be in there. Cause God love Wayne Simmons and his contributions to this franchise and contributions to the league and everything on and off the ice. He's one of my favorite players. Shout out on sound attack legend and on sound too, but his, he, he really can't play too well anymore. Like he really, it's yeah. really showing his age. So they need to add something like that. But to me, decor is pretty much set. I, I really don't know why you need to add to that. hundred percent agree with you. Um, yeah. I, you were talking earlier about the, the how razor thin it was with Tampa. Like mm-hmm. we, we need someone to be the Nick Paul. Like get another yeah. guy in there who can who can score your Nick Paul goal. For Someone you. who's not that five foot boy. nine. Yeah, that would be yeah. nice. Yes, that was Borny's boy. He was last year leading up to the playoff. To his credit, he was he's like the least should trade for Nick Paul. The least should trade for Nick Paul. This guy is exactly what they need in the bottom six. Big body, capable, can score a little bit. Great defensively, just. And then, of course, Tampa does it. Yeah, and, and, guess and what? they burn us. Yeah, he scores twice in Game Seven, and he's just a hero for them. So, anyways, we don't need to go down that road. But yeah, no, I agree. It's some size. And listen, yes. they've done well with these smaller guys, but it's still hockey, fellas. So I think they'll probably add something in the bottom six as well. Hundred percent. A couple more for you before we let yeah, you yeah. go. Good. Um, I we touched on it earlier that this this fan base is like so divided, right? You got your eternal optimists, your eternal pessimists. One of the uh, things I'm seeing a lot on Twitter right now from the optimist crowd, the pro Kyle Dubas crowd is mm-hmm. extend him now. He like they've playing this well. He deserves an extension now. Where, mm-hmm. where are you at on that? Yeah, this is a tricky one, boys. Is it not a tricky one? Oh, I, I, I've had some serious long chats in the mirror with myself about this one, because I have no idea which way to go on it. Because honestly, like I fear the, the, um, I fear the unknown without Mm. him, right? Because this team has been so good 
and they've you know they've you can say what you will about the, tr- the some of the trades he's made or whatever you can say what you will about all the different stuff and his philosophies and the smaller bottom sixes and all this stuff but in his tenure they've been really good and they've been yep. consistent they've been well run and i'm fascinated by the idea of a fresh set of eyes as well on mm-hmm. this roster and a fresh set of ideas i'm really really caught in the middle but to me you can't extend them right now it's just you have to wait you have to wait you have yeah. to play the results to me it's because if if they go out there and they extend them and then the first round thing happens again then what yeah exactly 100% it puts it puts you in a weird spot but then if you don't resign them and they do well and they go past the first round and god forbid holy bible they go to the stanley cup final and win a cup or something and he's a free agent he may be gone yeah, I you know what though, Sam? I just have such a hard time like buying that he would leave. I think he's got this guy's got the highest profile GM yeah. job in the league. He's he's invested his heart and soul into this team. You see the 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 shots of him up in the press box during the games, and man, he is so invested. Like he is he's on fiery his, guy. That dude's palms are soaked at the end of every period. <laughs> like he's just I just find it so hard to believe. The only reason why he would do that would be to flip the bird to MLSE. And I just, yeah. And I just don't see that. I I, like he being the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs is like I said, the highest profile job in the league. I just don't like leaving and going to some other franchise. It just, it just wouldn't be the same. I don't know. I would be, I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. Scary one. Yeah. A scary one that Kipper brought up on the show the other day. He's like, Uh, wow, you know, there's a, there's a team that's in Ontario that, uh, had a kind of an underachieving summer and they have some promise and their GM is a little bit scary. And, you know, they may be looking for a new owner and a new fresh oh face God, to run yeah. it to from the, I was like, Oh my, I was like, Kipper, please shut up. Like, yeah. I was just like, please God, like, don't let that happen. Go there and build a perennial contender as well. It's yeah. just, it's fascinating how much differently we'd be talking about this tenure. If I that know. puck, that puck goes off Matthews and goes in the net in game six and overtime. And they go and they play that crappy Florida team that they definitely would have beat. And then who knows where it goes from there. Like the what ifs with this tenure are so scary. I, I can't, I, I, that's like I said, I, I look myself in the mirror and have this conversation with myself every day. I don't know which way they go. It's a, it's a really fascinating one, boys. It really is. Those high sticking penalties in game six, man. Just, yeah, I honestly believe. Yeah, like, I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go down that road. No, 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 no. Last thing, we've mentioned a couple of times, we're huge fans of Real Kipper and Bourne. Mm. What's your favorite part about doing that show? It's a great question. Honestly, fellas, I, I've fallen into the perfect spot where, like, it's just the camaraderie with those two guys are they're both unbelievable dudes give you the shirt off your back salt of the earth guys and it's just i've found myself in my dream job like i just kipper is unbelievable guy borny unbelievable guy they're just they're just great guys and it's just a really fun job everybody wants to you know look forward to going into work every day and i get to do it so i i couldn't pick a favorite thing it's just maybe maybe listening to kipper every day before the show he go he we run through the show around 1 30 we go through everything we're going to talk about and then he's on the phone with different people for an hour before the show. I don't know who the hell he's talking to or what the hell he's talking about, but he's just over in the corner working the phones old nice. school. So nice. I, I love seeing that. But yeah, other That's than fantastic. that, it's just a sick job, dude. I have nothing but great things to say. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting hey, with no us sweat, today, boys. It was fun. Thanks, Anytime. Yeah. Really, Anytime. really appreciate it, man. Thank you.
once again, thank you so much to Sam McKee for coming on and talking with us. As we said off the top, kick-ass interview, man. I love it when 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 guys come on and they're just willing to just like let's just let's just talk shop. Yeah, and just immediately it's not awkward or weird or it's just the guy was on here, he's ready to give it his all for giving, us. Giving long, interesting answers. Yeah, I love it. And he's on the best one of the best radio shows in, in the country. For so. Leave Talk, for sure. Like, they they have only been on the scene for a couple of years. And if you want just straight Leave Talk, yeah, they're the, the place, place to go, go when it comes to sports radio. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on. And guy's a beauty. Well, we'll be back on Sunday with another, with episode three of the Pulse of Leafs Nation. Yeah, I've got another guest lined up for that one. And that's going to do it for this week. Let's just keep the winning going, baby. That's yes. all we need. Just keep winning. A couple games but, but after, got the New York Rangers Thursday night. Got the St. Nice, Louis nice original No, no, no. Washington, Washington Capitals on on Saturday. The Blues are the following Saturday. Um, yeah. Keep it going, baby. Here we go. Thanks so much for checking us out, everyone. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.